Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Hello, friends. We're back again. It's Fightful Overbooked. And no, you're not seeing wrong. We're seeing a, a new pal today. Drew is taking the week off. He's going to be back next week for Hits and Misses. But I got JPJ with me. He's going to do Hits and Misses. JPJ, how you doing? Tell the folks a little bit about yourself before we start. Yeah, uh, thank you for having me. I got big shoes to fill, uh, filling in for Drew this week. But, uh, yeah, I work, uh, well, now I am a contributor. We have some, we have a show coming up soon called The Botch, which will be out hopefully sooner than later. Uh, so I'm excited about that. But I also contribute over on Love Wrestling with, uh, Spencer Love and the crew over there. I have a show between two beards that airs at 8 p.m. on Thursday evenings on all our platforms over there. Um, yeah, man. I'm just, I've been doing this for about a year or so, so I'm still kind of relatively new to the game, but uh, it's been a fun year. Met a lot of cool people. Met you at SummerSlam, which was a good time uh, out in Vegas. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually happy to be here. Um, I'm ready to do the show. Like I said, filling in for Drew. So hopefully I do okay. You know? You'll know, you do great. We shared a room at <laughs> SummerSlam, therefore we are forever connected yes. by by that. Staying that at is the true. Embassy Suites Hotel. We sure uh, so let's dive right into it. It's hits and misses. We take our top five of the week, good and bad. We talk about it for a little bit and we're in and out. Let's go to it. Uh, let's start with the hits. Number five, JPJ, I'm going to give you the opening salvo. Go for it. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, number five for me is from SmackDown last night. Uh, it was that New Day... Los Lotharios tag match last night. I thought, you know, New New Day, they always put on good matches, so I was expecting a, you know, a good match, but it was like a really, really good match. There were some cool spots in there, that like drop kick, uh, slam that Los Lotharios did, the Bulldog, like transitions. It was just a fast-paced, uh, really, really good tag match that I was expecting to be good, but not as good as it actually was. And it kind of, it was the best match on SmackDown, I thought, far and away. Um, yeah, so that started off my list at number five this week. I completely agree with you. It wasn't on my list, but that match was excellent. I'll give you my number five from Rampage also last night. Mercedes Martinez versus Thunder Rosa. 
First of all, people know that I'm a big, big fan of Mercedes Martinez and of Thunder Rosa, but I'm a big Merc fan. Like, you can't, sorry, I say it every time. She's the best. Uh, the match itself was just a lot of fun. It was a really, really hard-hitting match, which I expected. If we don't get a street fight between these two, potentially on a pay-per-view or a loaded Dynamite, as a even as a main event on a Dynamite, I don't know what we're doing here. I was a big fan of that match. Loved the DQ finish because it made yeah. sense. They played it out perfectly with uh, Britt Baker. So all around, Mercedes Martinez, Thunder Rosa, that's my number five. Yeah, and a rare DQ for AEW. They don't do a lot of DQs. So the fact that, yeah, it's that was a very, very good match. And I hope it continues. I do want to see either a lights out or no holds barred or just a, a brutal fight between those two. Yeah, that'll be a lot of fun. Put those two in a cage. Oh, my God. That'd be great, too. Give me your number four. Let's go. Um, I have the the Tony Khan announcement. You know, everyone gets really excited about forbidden doors and all, you know, who's coming, who's signing, who's going where. So um, Isaiah Cassidy didn't make my list, but I thought he had a really good showing against Sammy Guevara last night, too. But they announced that uh, for a qualifying match for the face of the Revolution ladder match, uh, there's going to be a surprise opponent who's also going to sign a contract with AEW. So... You know, we all love speculation and who it's going to be and things like that. So it's an exciting thing to think about, you know, for the next three or four days until Dynamite. Like, oh, who's going to be? Who could, you know, there's names out there. People are freed up now from the batches in November, the 90 days. So it could be a lot of people. Keith Lee it could be a bunch of people. So, um, yeah, that's excitement and more speculation for us to chatter about for the next handful of days until we get there. You mentioned Keith Lee. Give me one other name that you think it could be other than Keith Lee. Oh God! Oh man! I, I'm. Uh, I would have to look at the list of like who just got free. Keith Lee is the one that jumps okay. to the top of my list. Keith but... Lee is fine by me. I just wanted to give you a second name just in case you had another name in mind. I got a few yeah. names in mind. All right. Well, if you want, I'm... yeah, I can definitely by the by the end of this, I'll have a second name. I got to look at the batch. But if you have a few, like who are you thinking? I don't know if you're well, involved in that as well, but. I'm not going to tell you here today. I'm going to tell you guys to watch Tim and Joel call oh, it the ring, the go. Sunday edition, because I know Tim and I, we're going to talk about it there. Good. So there tune go. in. That's going to be noon Eastern on Sunday. Or if you're watching us after the fact, you can just go into the videos on demand and check us out talking about Forbidden Door, Tony Khan, who's coming in, who's not coming in. We're going to talk about that. Let's move on. I'll give you my number four from Monday Night Raw. It was the setup for Lita and Becky Lynch for their women's championship match at Elimination Chamber. Big fan of Lita, big fan of Lita coming in and basically shit-talking her way without having to even say much into a championship match. Becky played it perfectly. She was cocky. She was arrogant. She was stupid in the best possible way. I love the setup. These two, I've said it elsewhere, the match isn't going to be five-star amazing, oh my God, but it's going to be a lot of fun. They're going to find a way to make it a, a, a different match than what you normally see in the WWE women's division. Yeah. And I agree. I, um, I'm very excited for this match. Um, it's cool to see Lita back. Um, it's cool to see Lita back in, in a championship program. I think, you know, here or there, and we haven't, we've seen her come back before for the rumbles and stuff, but we haven't seen her in an extended program, even a quick little program like this. Yeah. Uh, and I think Becky's perfect for her. Like, like you said, it's not going to be a five-star classic or anything like that, but it's going to be an entertaining match with two all-time performers. Um, exactly. Like, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be cool to see Lita. I'm sure they'll make you think that Lita has a chance to win a couple times throughout the match. Um, yeah, it's, 
it was really good. I liked what they did on Monday with that old angle. Good stuff. Let's go number three. JPJ, tell me what you think. Yeah, my number three was the Brian Danielson, John Moxley uh, promo on Dynamite. Um, I just, the thought of Danielson, and he obviously he's trying to recruit Moxley. Um, don't know if it'll end up that way, but the thought of Danielson having a crew with him in AEW, especially the names that he mentioned, he mentioned Daniel Garcia, he mentioned Lee Moriarty. Um, those names... And if Moxley was to get involved and it's Danielson, Moxley and those guys, or even if it just ends up being Danielson and those guys, like I am all for Brian Danielson stable of young, physical, submissive, submission based wrestlers like that, just beating the crap out of the AEW roster. Like, yeah, all on board, all on board. Yeah. So this is our first crossover because that was my number one. Oh, all right. That was my number one moment. I liked Brian's offer. I liked the promo. I think it absolutely added to the fact that we had just seen a match between Wheeler Yuta. Yeah, they mentioned Yuta too. Yeah, that was the the third name he mentioned. Yes. And not only that, I mean, the the names that that Brian mentioned were excellent. Mox's facials were great. Uh, Do I think it's going to lead to a a team of Daniel Bryan? Sorry, Brian Danielson. I'm going to do that to the end of time. Uh, Yeah, forever. Yeah. Uh, is it going to be Brian and Mox? I don't necessarily think so as a team, but I do think that there is something going on that's going to lead to a double turn. That's what I've been saying since the get-go. We had Brian turn as a result of Mox taking time off and going in mm-hmm. for treatment. And now you can't come back and just immediately boo Mox because he's battled his demons. He's the great conqueror. He's coming back. Now you got to turn that around. And I think this is the start uh, of them trying to turn that around somehow. We'll see how they do it. But that was my number one pick of the week was Brian's um. offer. And I think it's real neat. Um, uh, give me your number three because I basically just gave you my, my number one and then we can come back. Well, to the, my- the Danielson Moxley was my number three. That was your number three. Oh, then yeah. I always do this every week. I forget where we are. <laughs> then I'll give you my number three. And yes. that was from Impact this past week, Matt Cardona versus Jordan Grace for the Digital Media Championship. And this might shock some people, but it's my favorite because every week on Impact, we see Matt Cardona the face. We don't like it. We don't love it. We're just waiting for something to happen. We want to see the Cardona that we see in GCW. We want to see the heel, smarmy, POS, Matt Cardona. And this week, we're finally seeing it. It finally started to happen. The match was good. It's Jordan Grace. It's Matt Cardona. It's what you get. But it's everything that happened afterwards that made it all the better as Matt Cardona starts his heel turn and impact. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I wrote it down as you were saying it. I did not w- see this match. I'm not a regular viewer of Impact, but that Cardona character that is in GCW and is that, yeah, I've been to WWE. That means I'm better than, like, I'm better than all you guys. Like, I've exactly. been there. Uh, I've been to the mountaintop before. Like, yeah, I've had a WrestleMania moment. Like, that's the character that I want to see. And I know he was playing not that character in Impact. He was just playing a, a face, which is fine. Uh, so to hear that they're starting to go that route where that will be his character there as well, that makes me happy because last year, Matt Cardona, he made himself relevant in the wrestling landscape. He got released yeah. and he said, no, I'm not letting that, you know, I'm going to go to GCW. I'm going to do this stuff with Nick Gage. He made himself a top priority in the wrestling community of people talking about him with that character. So that makes me excited that uh, that character will now be an impact where he is a lot of the time that he's, he's there. So to 
to get that character. I think he plays it really well. He has that perfect thing where you want to hate him, even if you don't. Like, you want to hate him because he is that cocky guy. So that makes me excited that they're going that route with him. Toss me on your number two. My number two uh, was Seth Rollins entering in the Royal Rumble in the Shield uh, garb and the Shield music. Yes. I You had mentioned it last week uh, when you were talking about the Roman uh, Seth feud. I like the Roman Seth feud because this seemed like the first time where someone was getting in Roman's head. It wasn't just Roman being annoyed or angry with he was feuding with. Like This was like Rollins was getting in his head a little bit. And... For for Roman to come out first, and then all of a sudden you hear the shield music, and you can see Roman's face immediately. He's like, "What the hell is this? Like, what's going on?" And then you see Rollins coming through the crowd in the in the vest, but he's doing the the current Rollins, you know, laughing like mannerisms and things like that. Uh, I loved it. I thought it started off the Royal Rumble on a really high note, and then you know how it went is how it went after that. But uh, I thought. I loved it. I was all for it. I'm all for head games and wrestling. That's part of the thing. And Rollins does it really well. And the fact that he could mess with Roman like one last time before the match, especially like you hear that shield music. They're one of the best groups of all time. Like the nostalgia, just everything that's involved with it. Like it was just a really cool moment and a really good way to kick off that event on Saturday. I fully agree with you. I love mind games and wrestling. I love storytelling and wrestling and that. In the Royal Rumble, a show that wasn't great, that was probably the best piece of storytelling that they had. So I I fully agree with you. Uh, I'll give you my number two, and I would be shocked if this is not your number one. MJF versus CM Punk. Was that That your number one? That is my number one, yes. (laughs) That is my number one. (laughs) You steal one, I steal one. So MJF and Punk, first of all, when that entrance started at, what, 920? It was was 915. It was early. You knew they were getting time. I said they're going to do 40 minutes in this match. They don't they don't do that. They they're not going to do that. And then lo and behold, they not only went the 40 minutes, but they absolutely went all of the 40 minutes in a great match, back and forth, false finish, great storytelling, everything worked out. I was very very happy to see that match come and go as it did. So, MJF versus CM Punk, that is my number 2. It's your number 1. You feels like you froze. All right, we had a little technical snafu, but guess what? We're back and we're going to pretend like nothing ever happened. And JPJ is going to give me his number one, which was my number two MJF versus punk. Go for it. Yes. So MJF versus punk, as you were saying before we hit that snafu there, um, you heard the music early. You heard MJF's music at nine 15 and you were like, okay, these guys are going to get 40, 45 minutes here to tell us a good story. And they did. I, I, the match was great. I love CM Punk dominating at the beginning and kind of acting like, oh, this is easy. Like, you know, getting on the turnbuckle, laying down across it like, ah, it's a piece of cake. And then you start seeing MJF building back and then MJF with the with the false finish of him with the piece of uh, wristband choking him out. And he did it yes. very cleverly putting his arm over it so you couldn't see it. Yep. Uh, I'm sure that's been done before, but I felt like in the moment I was like, oh, I've never really seen that smart little, what a way to do that. Uh and with them going all the way through Punk, like with the arm, like passing out, and you're like, oh my God, it's over, that's it. And then building up to the whole second half of that match, and then MJF getting the victory over CM Punk in Chicago, first AEW loss. I thought it was told perfectly. I thought the match was perfect. They have 
made MJF, they, they continue to perfectly book MJF. I think the only thing I have disagreed with on the MJF style is I wouldn't have had him lose to Jericho ever. Uh, but besides yeah. that, I think that they have like perfectly booked him throughout AEW. And I think he had to win that match. He needs to tell us that he beat CM Punk in Chicago for his loss, for his first loss forever. Like that fits the MJF character. Twice. Twice. He technically beat him twice. Yes. In That's the same right. match. And also um, the Wardlow sleight of hand. We cannot incredible. let that sit, no. you know, unknown. It was great. Well done. Yeah, and, and Can't and, catch it second time yeah. around. Perfect. Absolutely. And and the way they did that too, where the first camera angle, you didn't see Wardlow give him yeah. the ring. You didn't see it until the replay where they had that different camera angle from behind. And you're like, oh, because you're expecting with the build, you're expecting, oh, is this the time that Wardlow is going to really tell MJF now? Like, I'm done with you. Yeah. And then just to see him kind of stay in line and do what he had to do, like, it was just perfectly done. Perfectly done. Perfect. All right. That's that's our top five. Let's go to our bottom five. I'm going to start us out. How about that? Okay. That works for me. Number five, Ronda Rousey's return from the Royal Rumble and Monday Night Raw. I think she picked it up in SmackDown. I quite enjoyed that promo. But mm-hmm. let's talk about the Rumble. Let's talk about Raw. She shows up at the Rumble. She wins the Rumble. A lot of people not big on that. And then she had that snafu of an interview after the Royal Rumble backstage for WWE, uh, the backstage exclusive, which was not good, was panned by all, was not good, Mm -hmm. and then came to Raw and had a not-so-great promo that people were just kind of sitting there being like, does she want to be here? I mean, we get she wants to be here. She does things at the top of her level, but it was just not great. Her promos for the first two nights of her return, three nights because it was the Saturday night for the Rumble, Mm -hmm. did not work for me. That is my bottom number five. Go for it, JBJ. Yeah, um, I was one of those people that wasn't a fan of her winning the Rumble. Um, I just think a person of that stature, like, we could have got to where we're going without her winning the Royal Rumble. And I, that's just how I feel. So I wasn't, it's good to have her back. Like, it's never a bad thing to have someone like Ronda Rousey back in, in the, in the women's division. Like, yeah, it yeah. puts a lot of eyes on it. And she was really good for the year we saw her here. So, yeah, I'm not upset that she's back. I just, in the manner that she came back, I thought you could have gave the Rumble victory to someone who needed it more. I feel that way for both of those Rumbles, which we might talk about the other one on this list too. But uh, yeah, I as far as the promos go, I've never, I mean, I've never been super high on her promo work anyway, but it did feel like, especially the one after the Rumble where she was openly just saying like, yeah, I don't care. I don't care about the fans. I don't care about any of this. And I get it. That's part of her character, but it just seemed like, and especially with the raw one too, it seemed like she just didn't like, it wasn't that of important to her. Like it was like, yeah. not only from a character level, like just from the way, I don't know, it felt more than just the character. It felt like, does she honestly, like you said, like, does she really not want to be here? She's literally just here. Cause they gave her a boatload of money and she was like, I can't turn this down or whatever. Like yeah. it was very weird. It was very, it was very a little odd. Yeah. All right. Hit me with your number five in the bottom. My number five was last night on SmackDown. Uh, Ricochet literally being 50, 50 booked in back-to-back segments <laughs> in a tag match. <laughs> literally a like I, he got a quick little win over Ridge Holland. And I even went on Twitter and I was like, Oh, Ricochet got a win. Cool. Like, can we get a couple more in a row here? And literally the next segment, it was a tag match and he lost. And I was like, ah, all right. So, you, you know, WWE and 50, 50 booking is no surprise. It's been something they've been doing forever, but back to back segments on the same show, I was like, 
amazing. Come on, man. Just come on, man. Like, and like Ricochet, and you could see it in the tag match too. Like when he gets tagged in, the crowd reacts. Like the crowd wants Ricochet to be a bigger deal because he's fun to watch in the ring. And I just, it's just been, uh, since he's been to the main roster specifically, I just feel like they've just wasted a lot of time with someone that could be a potential. And he's not the only one. There's obviously a ton, but just the fact that they did the 50-50 in back-to-back segments like that, I was just like, man almighty, like, what are we doing? What are we doing? I don't have anything to add to that because honestly, I've seen it for so long from Cesaro and Ricochet. That is, they are literally pairing the under underused underrated tag team i i get mm-hmm. it and it, i think it's absurd so let's move along my number four from dynamite this past wednesday the chris jericho <clears throat> excuse me he got a frog in my throat chris jericho <laughs> the inner circle team meeting promo i don't i don't care chris yeah. and i guarantee you i almost i hope i hope i'm wrong because i like it when wrestling's good i feel like next week in this slot is going to be the actual Chris Jericho inner circle team meeting. And I'm going to say, now you're just going to flash back to, to next or flash forward to next week. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say, Chris, this team meeting could have been an email. Mm-hmm. And yeah. instead we're going to have to sit there. But the promo itself was him being like, Eddie Kingston sucks and Santana and Ortiz have no respect, but Sammy Guevara is a TNT champion. So that's great. And Jake Hager is MIA. So that's cool. It's basically just, there's no reason to do it. And if it ends with everyone walking out on Chris Jericho and that dissolving the inner circle, then great. Let's mm-hmm. do that. I'm fine with that. But no, that promo was not it. And I'm probably not going to enjoy the team meeting next week. But we'll we'll see. I'll give it the time. What's your yeah. number four? Or if you want to add to that, go ahead. Well, no, I, Jericho hasn't been it for me for a while. Uh, and yeah, I feel like the inner circle should have broke up with the pinnacle stuff months and months ago. Um, I think a lot of people felt that way. And like you said, if it leads to the breakup next week and then they officially like Santana and Tease either go with Kingston or go their own way, you got Sammy. And even if Jericho and Hager end up remaining buddies, fine, cool. Uh, but the inner circle, they're not an important figure, figure of the show anymore. They're not an important figure of the right. company anymore. Like you needed it to establish those younger guys with Jericho to start. It's run its course well over. It's run its course well, well over. So yeah. if it ends up being the end, cool. But like I said, it's going to be a 20, 15, 20 minute segment. We know this where I feel like you and I definitely, but a lot of people aren't really invested in that story anymore. So. Yeah, I, I feel you. It just uh, Jericho lately in general, just it has not been it for me at all. So there you go. Hit me with your number four. Uh, my number four is Goldberg. Not so much. <sighs> Goldberg has a place. If he wants to come back because he's doing the Saudi show, fine. I just. Why does he need to be in the why does he need to fight for a, a title, let alone the main title on one of the shows? Like it's just not, you know, and I get it. Like and I, I believe you went on Twitter last night and you were like, I'm not thrilled Goldberg's back, but if they play with the story of like Roman ducked him a couple years ago at Mania, if you play that angle, there's a way to make it work where it will at least make sense and be like, okay, I just I think that Goldberg's perfect use is 
like when he first came back and he fought someone like Dolph Ziggler. I think that's where he needs to yeah. be. Like, just have a big match with somebody. Doesn't need to be involved in a top storyline, a top title, or anything like that. Because it, to me, I mean, and, you know, he ended up beating The Fiend for the title, so who knows. But, like, it's one of those things where you know he's not beating Roman. You know he's not. And right. it's just, I don't know. I, I'm not not so much a miss him being back in general, but it's a miss that we have to involve him in a top title picture when we know it's just like it's a one-off it doesn't really matter it's just yeah so Goldberg that's why he's low on the list for me because I'm not a hundred percent against it but I'm just kind of like all right I'm done with him coming back and fighting for world titles Goldberg was my number three so I'm glad I can just segue right into that (laughs) yep you said it yourself I put it out on Twitter I said I don't hate that i was about to say jericho no (laughs) i don't hate that goldberg has come back i will dislike it if they don't tell the story of wrestlemania 36 Mm -hmm. aka the pandemic mania aka pc mania whatever you want to call it that show was an anomaly and roman wasn't on it and a bunch of things changed and as a result goldberg ended up having a match against braun Strowman, won the championship blah 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 doesn't matter it was supposed to be roman and goldberg we mm-hmm. need to get to that story. They need to somehow make it as a Goldberg went to the WWE officials and said, I want this title match that was owed to me. Let's bring it back. And the officials said, let's go. And now they can get personal again. Now they can have something leading in to this match. I doubt that it will happen. They'll just run the match. But the larger story arc with Roman Reigns continues to be, I am beating my demons. I am beating mm-hmm. the legends that that hurt me. And if that's going to be Goldberg next, great just Mm. beat goldberg and saudi stop giving him championship matches especially in foreign countries just move on do the ziggler thing give him comedy squashes and people will love it goldberg will do no wrong for those people that was my number three give me your number three for the misses uh my number three was big e in totality uh for me at the rumble he, I picked him to win the men's rumble. Um, Me too. Yeah, he was my pick, and he had one of the most meaningless. Like his, he got eliminated. Didn't matter. He did nothing spectacular, and they basically just treated him like he was just any old person in the Royal Rumble. And now he's just back on SmackDown. And don't get me wrong, I love the New Day. I'm not upset that he's not back with the New Day. I don't think they should no, have I separated him to begin with. I but at it. the same time, yeah, it's just one of those things where I look at like. He won the title. He got this moment that a lot of us wanted to see because we all love Biggie. And the title run was a little underwhelming. And then it just seems like the company or Vince, however you want to look at it, is just basically like, well, we tried that. It didn't work. So now guess what? You're back to where we need you. Funny comedy guy in New Day. You're going to be like that. And it's just, yeah, it's sad. Like he deserves more. He should be a face of this company. Um, and just to kind of see that him get the opportunity and then the opportunity kind of not be that great, not by his doing by any mean. He tried it. He went, he was going to ESPN. He was going all over the place, UFC fights. Like he was doing his part, but the stories weren't great. And I feel like they kind of just looked at him as a failure of sorts. And now it's like, well, we know you'll succeed with New Day. So guess what? We're just going to have you jump the show and you're just going to go back with your group because that's where you should be. And it's just, he deserves more. So what's yeah. especially frustrating and I know we're going to talk about it is that it's probably going to be the uses and new date WrestleMania hundred percent. I would, 100%. I would probably bank on that. Yes. <laughs> My number two is from NXT 2.0 this week. Malik blade pitching a rose colored tent. Yeah. 
I laughed at the segment in the moment. I'm, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't need that. I like, mm. listen, I, I've made the illusion a billion times. People know about it. NXT is high school, people trying to have sex, people meeting mm-hmm. each other in the hallways and trying to start fights. I get it. That's what it is. But that Malik Blade and Idris Anofe segment just didn't do it for me. It was funny for a second, but otherwise, I didn't like it, man. I didn't. And I like NXT most weeks. That's my number two. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a ton to add. I actually missed NXT 2.0 this week, sadly. Right, let's um, move on. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it is definitely... Uh, the NXT 2.0 definitely leans into that type of stuff. Uh, way because they don't, they still don't on the main roster. So that kind of like acknowledging that people are like attractive and things like that, and talking about things of that nature. It's definitely getting thrown into NXT a lot more. And it's uh, yes. yeah. yeah, it can is what it is. Hit me with yeah. your number two. Uh, my number two was. Brandy Rhodes and Dan Lambert from <laughs> AEW Dynamite. Oh. Ooh, boy. <laughs> this was bad. Um, Brandy was out there. She does the corny, oh, I'm in Cleveland when they're in Chicago trying to get, you know, because she knows the crowd's going to be like, we don't want to hear from you. So yeah. she's like playing into that. And then Dan Lambert comes out. And at first he's getting cheered because they're like, yeah, we don't want Brandy here. And then he just starts going for the low-hanging fruit jokes, talks about her, you know. Uh, it was just not good. And it was it was tough. Like, there were points where I was like, I want to change the channel. That's how awkward I feel watching this from my couch. It was yeah. really, really bad. Not the first time I felt that way about some Lambert stuff. You know, just the, you know, the jokes he cracks. Some of them are just like, come on, bro. You know, like, but uh, I just thought, in to- like, Oof, it was a really rough segment to get through, like really bad. I fully agree, and that's why it was my number one miss of the week. <laughs> well, Dan there you Lambert go. And yeah. Randy Rhodes. I don't I just don't care. I don't need yeah. I don't need Dan Lambert coming out and saying, you know, at your last job you were on your back all the time or on your whatever it was, because that confused a lot of people because mm-hmm. a lot of people know that Brandy came from WWE. Yep. And so, or at least most people did, and they were thinking what happened to her in WWE that suddenly she like, there was there, were there allegations or something? No, it wasn't that he was trying to make an allusion to her being a sex worker. And it's like, yeah. buddy, that's like 99.9% of people watching the show have already gotten over that joke and say, it's not a joke. It's yeah, it's not man. Sex work is real work. It yeah. hundred percent. Like it's not. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, and we saw it, you know, Lambert has, has always floats around those type of jokes. And it's just like, yeah. those jokes don't, those jokes, those jokes don't work anymore, man. Like it's not, it, those things are not viewed the same way they were viewed 10, 15, 20 years. It just doesn't work. And yeah, it was just a really, really tough segment to watch. I feared them doing Paige Van Zant versus Brandy Rhodes. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to make the joke, but it might remind you of a certain infamous match from Impact between two women that did not go well and i'll leave it at that i'll let i'll let the chat or i'll let the uh (laughs) not the chat i'll let the commenters figure out and tell us which match that was give me your number one miss of the week uh my number one was the men's royal rumble match yeah i get it. awful absolutely awful it was uh boring i would say boring nothing happened i feel the same way about lesnar than i do about rousey and I feel like specifically with the way the Lesnar match ended with Lashley and Roman getting involved and costing him, I thought that that to me 
was enough for Brock to come out on Raw or SmackDown and say, hey, this happened. I want to fight Roman now because he cost me my title. Like, I don't think he needed to win the Royal Rumble to get back to Roman. I thought the story played out. Everyone saw what happened in the Lesnar-Lashley match, and I thought that that justified Brock ending up fighting Roman anyway. I thought that was enough justification. And again, like, WWE has an issue with building new stars. Well, you know how you don't build new stars? If you have Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar win your Royal Rumble matches. Because yep. both of them didn't need to win the Royal Rumble matches. You could have gave those to two people that could get an opportunity and see how they do. And, uh, yeah, it, and I just feel like nothing happened. There were not that many good surprises, if any. There were a lot. Like AJ Styles comes in at number one, and he gets eliminated by Madcap Moss. Like, what are we doing? Future Intercontinental Champion Madcap Moss. Most likely, yeah. For and like record. Why and I and I understand Vince is he's always like Corbin and this is nothing against Corbin individually but like right. why does Baron Corbin and Mac why do they need to run through a quarter of the Royal Rumble in 2022 like they 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 don't need to be dominating a segment of the Royal Rumble. like we know who Corbin is like we get it we know who he is he's established we know what he is like he doesn't need to eliminate five or six people and make him look strong in a Royal Rumble match. He just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know. It, it just felt like it was way off, just way off. Nothing happened. It felt empty to me, like an empty Rumble yeah. match. And yeah, it was disappointing. The Rumble is something I look for. A lot of us, I look forward to it. It's the event I look forward to the most every year. And yeah, it was just year. bad. It was just really bad. I received uh, messages on Twitter during that Rumble saying stuff like, they can't put over new stars. Nobody mm-hmm. knows who's coming out because the music is so bad. And my personal favorite, this is the tag team Royal Rumble. Because yeah. everyone who was in this match was part of a tag team in a division that they never use. So I don't know what we were expecting. It wasn't a good rumble, plain and simple. Yeah, and I've, I've harped on it for so long, but I agree with you. Number one, it's a miss for sure. So let's move on. Let's have some fun. Hey, JPJ, who's your favorite wrestler? My favorite wrestler of this week and MJF, man. I mean, I, I MJF is... He's the guy that should beat Hangman for that title. He's the ne- he should be the next AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Um, I thought, like I said, I thought they crafted. I was I was a fan. I know some people were hit or miss on the Punk MJF feud. There were things, there were weeks certainly where it was more of a miss than a hit. Um, but I was a fan of the of the story throughout. I loved every uh, everything I saw because I really liked both of these two guys, and I thought that match exceeded expectations. And I thought the right guy won. And MJF, he's he's a character that says he's better than everyone. And we all know it. And yeah. every time he's in the ring, he proves one way or another, he beat Punk twice. Like he proves one way or another that he literally is better than almost everyone. Uh, yeah, man, you, get, you beat CM Punk in Chicago alone. That's a big time deal. But for his first AEW loss in his first AEW technical main event, that's a big deal. And MJF is going to remind us how big of a deal it is for the rest of our lives. And uh, yeah, he's my favorite wrestler of the week. I thought he, yeah, superstar, man. Wonderful. For me, my favorite wrestler is Mercedes Martinez. Nice. I, first of all, come on. How could you not? Mercedes yeah. Martinez. She is a legend. She is amazing. She's great. Um probably shouldn't say she's amazing she's great in that order she's great she's amazing anyway uh martinez coming in having a fire match on rampage and then immediately being inserted into a story 
uh, in the women's division that's not just related to a championship, but also related to interpersonal issues. I think mm-hmm. that is gold. She is the type of person that AEW needs in terms of being able to take wrestlers to the next level and being able to take a division to the next level. She mm-hmm. is the right person to coach. She is the right person to have on your roster. I've been saying it since she was released from NXT that Mercedes Martinez would make a huge difference. And so far, night one, she came in and has done that. I'm a big fan. Looking forward to that match with Thunder Rosa in the future where they eventually just beat the breaks off of each other. And it's going to be real good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it will be. We got through it. Hits and misses one more time. Hey, JPJ, where can the people find you on the internet? Yeah, you can find me at, at Joseph underscore Poolin Jr. on the on Twitter. Um, I'm also at JPJ Loves Wrestling on the Instagram as well. Uh, and then you can find me over at Love Wrestling. I do a couple shows over there, like I said, at the top, Thursday nights between two beards. And I will be, hopefully, you'll be seeing me on the Fightful Overbooked screens uh, more often starting very, very soon. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. Give me a follow. Give me a check out. I'm always willing to chat some wrestling so hit me up send me a comment or whatever i love talking with everybody so yeah it's fightful overbooked youtube.com slash fightful overbooked or you can just go to the website fightfuloverbooked.com i am at joel pearl j-o-e-l-p-e-a-r-l ladies gentlemen friends beyond the binary we'll see you in the next video say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill